Without further ado, let's go ahead and turn the page and talk to my guy, Patrick Nosey Walker of DallasCowboys.com as soon as I line my button. <laughs> what's good, Pat? Yo, what's up, brother? How are you? Man, I'm doing good. Um, sucks the week that we're having in regards to coming off the L, but I, I am a little bit happy that they signed Rashawn Evans after the injuries that we've had lately for the Cowboys. So we were just talking about that there, Pat. And I hate to come in and, and, and right off the top rope ask you about this, but I am curious, man. Is Rashawn Evans the signing? First of all, is it complete, number one? And number two, do you think he'd be able to get some tick now, like early? Well, first of all, coming off the top ropes, that's what we do, right? Yeah. Tag team off the rope. Um, but when it comes to Rashawn Evans, it's not finalized just yet. Um, they're still, you know, working out some particulars. And, I mean, it's expected to happen, but we'll see, you know, because until the pen hits the paper, <clears throat> Randy Gregory, um, <laughs> you know, it's not done just yet. So, you know, that's the expectation. But when it comes to his potential, I mean, you know, wonderful potential as far as helping out a Cowboys linebacker unit that is likely going to u- lose Leighton Van Der Esch for several weeks. He's expected to go on IR. Good news is, is it's not expected to be season-ending IR, which is not you know the same as what's going on with C.J. Goodwin. Unfortunately, he's going to be lost for the season. But when you lose a guy like Leighton Van Der Esch, I mean, he's your green dot. For those that don't know, that means he's the one who who communicates the the plays that be, that are being called from Dan Quinn to the unit. He's the heart of the defense. And, you know, when you look at his film this season, he's one of the main reasons that when the run defense is doing well, um, he's the one that's helping plug those gaps and, and play exceptional ball in that capacity. Even when the run defense doesn't play well, go back and look at the Cardinals game, for example, look at some of the plays against the 49ers. He was still doing his job. So that's a, a, a monumental loss for the Cowboys. But when uh, Rashawn Evans, I mean, you get a guy that has 67 career NFL starts in 76 games, I believe. Uh, he started the entirety of the 2022 season uh, out in Atlanta. And, you know, question marks on why the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, dropped him off their practice squad. I mean, it's not like they're lacking for depth. So that's also uh, a possibility as well. They have, you know, the Kobe Dean likely coming back from IR here soon, if not as early as this week. So it could just have been a numbers game for the Philadelphia Eagles. Nonetheless, uh, their loss is hopefully the Cowboys game with Rashawn Evans. So unlike Michael Jones, who signed to the practice squad last week, I talked to Mike McCarthy about Michael Jones. Who? Mike Jones. And um, the energy he gave me back for Michael Jones was basically intimating that Jones is not ready to take the field just yet and that they want him to ramp up more. I don't <sighs> suspect that would be a similar, I don't suspect that would be a similar issue with Rashawn Evans, though, okay. because Michael Jones, obviously, he's a young guy. And when you're a young guy, as you know, you know, being dropped into a new system and having to pick that up, that takes a little bit of time. So that's kind of what McCarthy was was hinting strongly at. Not that Jones doesn't have the ability, but that from a football acumen standpoint, this is a young guy dropped in a new system. He's put in the fire. Give him a couple weeks or so. But you you don't necessarily have that variable with Rashawn Evans. Yeah, he's dropped in the fire. He has to pick up a new system. But, again, 67 starts. You know, this is going to be his third NFL team, if I'm not mistaken, former first-round pick out of Alabama. I mean, he knows how to play on the big stage. He knows how to adjust quickly. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get this deal finalized with him and or Brandon Smith, former guy of Penn State, which is a younger guy, which kind of puts him in the same 
template as Michael Jones. Like, would he be ready this soon? I don't know that he would. Rashawn Evans will have a great shot, though, but they got to get the deal done. And, of course, we're, we're, we have to sign Rashawn Evans here because of the injury situation to Leighton Van Der Esch and, and obviously, Marvion Overshone previously. And there was a couple other injuries that came out of that game that are a bit concerning. We know about C.J. Goodwin, uh, likely done for the season. Uh, but there's two other guys that, that we're not quite sure on, and I'm hoping you can give us an update on. Uh, one, Kevontae Turpin. Uh, they said high ankle sprain, but didn't rule him out. And then, obviously, Donovan Wilson went down, but I've heard nothing about what's going on with him either. Uh, Kevontae Turpin, yeah, indeed it is a high ankle sprain. Uh, and, of course, when I heard that it was a high ankle sprain versus a low ankle sprain, I'm like, oh, Kevontae's probably lost through the bye week, which is next week. Um, but McCarthy says he, quote-unquote, has a chance to practice this week. I'm, I can appreciate that, and that is very um, positive news. I am pessimistic, though, when we're talking about a high ankle sprain on a guy that, you know, his entire skill set is predicated upon quickness, uh, ability to separate, yeah. and flat-out straight-line speed. So we'll see how it goes. Practice starts up today. Today's technically Wednesday for the Cowboys. Tomorrow's Thursday. Uh, we'll see how it goes. If he shows up limited, then that's definitely promising. If he's DMP, then it, it pretty much goes as I expect. I don't know that he'll be on the field against the Chargers, but – uh, he has a chance. Like McCarthy said, he does have a chance. As far as Donovan Wilson, uh, there has been no news on, on that. And no news is good news, if you ask me, when it comes to uh, Donovan Wilson and that calf injury. Uh, I spoke with Donovan uh, after the loss on Sunday. Um, he, he sounded as good as you could expect, uh, given the ass-kicking that they had just taken. Um, but there was no limp. He wasn't in a boot. He wasn't, you know, in any kind of special device, wasn't on crutches or anything like that. So uh had a couple conversations around the building, and I'm told there's, you know, no concern about Donovan Wilson. But injury report, the first one comes out today. Let's see if that holds true. But as it stands, I've not heard anything um, negative about Donovan Wilson, and I hope it stays that way. You know, on a positive from an injury report, if we could do a sidebar conversation here, you, you you did get your starting offensive line back, and they came out that game sounds like clean. So kind of wiping my forehead there because that was some little, you know, a couple guys haven't been nicked up with Zach Martin, Tyron, Tyron Smith, and Tyler Biotish. Uh, getting those guys out that game, which was a physical game, clean, maybe now we can start to see this offensive line kind of gel together. Yeah, Tyler Biotish got banged up just a little bit, but I'm told the team isn't concerned about it. Um so he should be a go, even if he's limited on today's practice report and maybe even tomorrow. I, I don't suspect that they have any concern about his availability. So this should be the second straight week that they have their full front five, like you said. Um, last week, though, and I talked about this on Cowboys break yesterday, it was it was disjointed play. And you could tell that it was their first time in that configuration. And it was their first time as that front five in, you know, since Moses split the Red Sea. But <laughs> – uh, I mean, just if you look at the the chemistry between Tyler Smith and, and Tyron Smith, it was a little bit off, uh, which makes sense. Again, they haven't played next to each other since training camp, and then that's training camp practice is not regular season, and then also not regular season against the 49ers front. So it was just the perfect storm of bad, you know, scenarios that the Cowboys front had to kind of work their way through, and, and they struggled. Uh, Tyron Smith, he struggled. Tyler Smith, he's having an exceptional year, but – you know, in a couple reps, uh, he, he was had. Tyler Biatish struggled a couple reps. Uh, I hate to say it, but even Zach, Zach Martin, this yeah. is how you know the day. Yeah, even this is how you know the day was just not going to go well for the Cowboys. There were times you go back and look at film, and 
some of those pressures that came through the middle, they weren't Tyler or Tyler. They were Zach. Exactly. Uh, and that's when I had to sit back in my chair and, and kind of think, hey, well, damn, uh, that's where we are, I guess. And then Terrence Steele, he, he struggled as well, securing that right edge. So hopefully, um, you know, going into the second week of them playing together, obviously the more reps, the better you build that chemistry, you build that timing, you build that telepathy between yourself and the guy to the left and the right of you. Um, and reps will improve it. Uh, we don't know just yet if Joey Bosa is going to play, uh, but regardless of if he does or if he does not, the Cowboys don't have the luxury of looking at it like that. They need to go out there, and that front five needs to be uh, everything the Cowboys know they can be because they need to bounce back and get this win. Yeah, speaking of bouncing back and, and moving on to the Chargers, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't recall how many times both units just look absolutely putrid. Like, like it was, it was just terrible all game for both of these these units. You had the offense, couldn't get anything together. Um, you, you had the second half, you know, obviously the game was over by that time, but three interceptions in a row from Dak. He didn't look comfortable. Uh, early on, I don't think it was it was terrible, but it still, it wasn't, we couldn't get anything going. No first downs, a bunch of three and outs, couldn't get the run game going, turn the ball over with, you know, fumbles. It was just putrid that side of the ball. Flip on the other side. They couldn't stop Brock Purdy or Kyle Shanahan's offense. So it was just as bad. And then obviously they got 42 hung on them, which was the most points scored on a Dan Quinn defense ever in the National Football League. I just don't recall that happening uh, many times uh, with this team. Now, going into this Chargers game, you know which unit do you think needs to bounce back more, the offense or the defense? The answer lies in, in the question itself. And, and I'll put it I'll put it this way because when you're talking about a 67 point um, different point differential swing from week four to week five from win to loss that is the single largest point differential swing from a victory to a loss in the history of the Cowboys organization. Wow! Since 1960, that. that has never that has never happened. I went back and I dug and I dug and I dug and I, that has never happened. That's how bad that performance was. Now, when you go back and you dissect the performance question being which one's need, which one needs to bounce back more defense or offense the answer is defense and the reason I say that is because you asked me which one's which one needs to bounce back that's that intimates that that unit has already shown that they can perform at a very high even a special level and they just had another bad day mm-hmm. second bad day out of the past three weeks but the offense doesn't need to bounce back it needs to bounce mm. period yeah. it needs to bounce forward right it needs to happen because this offense right now through five weeks it's averaging uh around 11 points per game as far as production is concerned that's never going to cut it and i i get what mike mccarthy is trying to say when he makes comments like you know i'm playing to the strength of my defense i see where you're trying to go with this but the reality is is you need to play to the strengths of your offense yeah. so that the defense worry about the defense yes right Play to the strengths of your offense, which is you have uh, a dynamic running back unit. You have a dynamic uh, wide receiver unit. Yeah, your tight ends are trying to get things figured out, with the exception of Jake Ferguson, who has things figured out. But then Jake Ferguson was the only stable hand you had on Sunday. You target him three times. He catches the ball three times. Those are impact plays, and then you never throw him the ball again. You're not playing to the strengths of your offense. Brandon Cooks. You're not playing to the strengths of what Brandon Cooks is able to bring you, so forth and so on. So the defense needs to bounce back. That's the answer to your question. And when you look at what they're capable of doing, 
I believe that they have the better chance of doing it. Now, yeah, here they are. They're going up against another prolific offense, Kellen Moore and Justin Herbert and, and those guys. They're averaging under tw- just under 28 points a game. Let's just say 28 points a game. That's uh, that's that's a pretty big deal. And they're likely getting Austin Eckler back. That's uh, also a pretty big deal. And you lost Leighton Van Der Esch. That's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have their work cut out for them, and there's no other way to shake that. They have their work cut out for them. But um, in doing so, these are also this is also a unit full of dogs, and we've seen them respond time and again uh, when the chips are down. So let's see if they do it again. Offensively, though, like I said, there's no bounce back for them. They need to show that they can bounce forward, period. Yeah, they need to and bounce. And that needs to be effective, like, right now. And I th- one more thing before I get you out of here. Part of that, I think, is getting not just Cooks involved, because Cooks is criminal. I just think how they're using him is criminal. But we're starting to see a little bit of frustration, not a little bit, a lot of bit of frustration with CeeDee Lamb. And Coach said he spoke with him, but no one seemed to uh, really dig into what that might have been about. But um, have you been able to gather anything else in regards to Lamb and, and Coach McCarthy's discussion or their usage? Because it's clear uh, he, he needs the ball more. Jerry intimated he doesn't. Uh, but it seems like the staff and the players know he does. Yeah, just speaking with CD and speaking with some guys in the locker room and, and some of the coaching staff, it's just it's frustration, which makes sense. It's just, it's absolute frustration. If you're CD Lamb and you know you know what you're capable of, uh, I mean, pull the games out of the hat, whichever game you want to go. And recently, you can look at the Jets game and he racks up only almost 150 yards. You know what he can do when you get the ball in his hands. Now, this is a Cowboys offense that's still trying to figure itself out, uh, and it loves to spread the ball around. But the problem with spreading the ball around is when there's a problem spreading the ball around. So here's what I mean by that. It works until it doesn't. If the defense is taking that away from you, if the defense has negated two of those three receivers um, and and or your guys just are not getting separation, then maybe you need to look at wide receiver one and say, hey, you're going to have to be the one to carry this today. Mm-hmm. And you find you scheme ways to get him open, and you just keep targeting him until the defense then starts to shade his way, play more honest against those other guys, and then you can start spreading the ball around again more. So when it comes to CeeDee Lamb, I, I definitely understand his frustration. I know yeah. Mike McCarthy understands his frustration as well. The fact of the matter is you got to figure out a way to get your playmakers the ball, and when it comes to who your WR1 is, there is no question about it. It is CeeDee Lamb. So, you know, when you look at – uh, his production this season and how roller coaster it has been as far as he gets a lot of targets. He puts up over 140 yards and then not so many targets. And then, man, it goes up again, but then it's like it falls off again in, in San Francisco. I understand his frustration. That's, so that's basically yeah. what it is. He wants to be able to help impact games positively, but he can't do that if he's not being targeted. 100% agree, man. They got to figure that out because you can't have one of your best offensive weapons looked at as just a part of the that's the problem i think with this offense right now it seems like everybody is just a part of the offense as opposed to being featured no offense worth its you know worth has a uh a a player of lamb's caliber that's just a part of it he needs to be featured in this offense weekly so that as you said defenses can now start shading towards him and that's when everything else opens up man absolutely and think about it from this capacity it's no different from what we saw uh what we've seen recently um, I'll say last year, particularly when the Vikings played the uh, the Dan Quinn-led defense in the Cowboys, you saw that frustration from Justin Jefferson. You saw that frustration from him to Kirk Cousins and him on the sideline and him talking to the other coaches like, give me the ball, give me a good ball, let me, let me you know, make some plays in this game. When you have a, a, a wide receiver of that caliber 
and a wide receiver that also has that caliber of competitiveness, you got to get them involved. And the the good news for the Cowboys is they have that in Brandon Cooks as well. Yeah. But you're you're not getting Brandon Cooks uh, the reps that or the targets that he needs to get to even be able to offset that. So you can't not do both things. Like one of those things has to occur. Either you're going to get Brandon Cooks off. Uh, Pauls, or you're going to get uh, it's going to be a CD Lamb game, um, but it can't not be both of those things. It just can't not. You have to use your biggest guns in a situation where you're at war with this team, the the best team in the NFC, and you're trying and you're on their field in hostile territory in prime time with all the world watching, and you don't pull out the big guns. You, you got to start pulling out the big guns. Yeah, that's that was the most concerning thing for me. This was the week to pull everything out, and it. Looked like you you didn't even care to reach in the bag, so that was concerning, Pat. But um, and and ultimately, it, and I'll say this, and then we'll wrap. Ultimately, that cost the defense, and that's why I say I'm more confident that the defense can bounce back because you know it. They kept the Cowboys in the game for at least the first one and a half quarters. So while the Cowboys' offense was stalling and stalling and stalling, it was only a 7-0 game. It was a 14-7 game. But then you started to look at time of possession, and it was just whoppingly in favor of the 49ers. And I turned to Nick Harris, who was sitting to the left of me, and I said, if this time of possession keeps up, this is going to be a 50-burger. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, you know, why do you say that? And I was like, this defense is going to get exhausted. Kyle, is, Kyle Shanahan is going to find some weak points the longer this defense is on the field and he's going to start exploiting them. And then all of a sudden the the sky started falling and that's exactly what happened. So the offense really has to help the defense. So my message to McCarthy would be simple in that, again, instead of uh, necessarily coaching to your defense as an offensive play caller, help your defense by coaching to the strengths of your offense yep. so that they can be successful so that your defense can be rested so that when they take the field, they can do what they do man fantastic point man i want to touch on that a little bit before we get out of here i appreciate you though pat i know you got some other things you got to handle brother but once again another fantastic segment of scientific method uh julie rest of your day bro thanks for watching and make sure to follow and subscribe to a to z dallas so you don't miss an episode of the scientific method every thursday morning 9 a.m central on facebook and youtube with every episode available on a to z sports.com